0: What if every single experience in your life was a gift, including the messed up, stressed out times too? What would that mean to you and how would you see the next challenge you're facing? I'm Hody Burks and this is The Gift Podcast. Today's guest that I have on the show, we met um, a few months ago at a leadership day that we had with our mutual business coach. Um, her name is Luca Rose, and she's a mindset and business coach. Um, and we we live really close to each other, but we don't get to see each other because she's currently in lockdown right now, and she's got a beautiful daughter home with her. Uh, and the reason I wanted to get Luca onto this podcast is because we share similarities in our journey. Um, We both became mums at a really young age. We both have been single parents. And it's something that um, I don't hear a lot spoken about where it's two people that share this journey. Often it's somebody else that's interviewing the the young mum or the single mum. So I just really wanted Luca to come on to the podcast and share her experience on how she's found things along this journey. So thank you so much for coming, Luca. I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Um, and I would love for you just to share um parts of your journey that you that you feel like people don't really know about what it's like. I know you've had your own different experiences with with your pregnancy and and becoming a mum. um but yeah, just share a part of your journey with us that you think people really may not realise is a part of this this journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And thank you so much for having me on here. It's such a pleasure. Um, Yeah, it's been great to connect over the last couple of months. And um, yeah, from that leadership day, I think that we really discovered how much we had in common, being sat next to each other at the dinner table and what kind of unfolded. So yeah, I just firstly want to say thank you so much for having me on here. Um, That's such an interesting point that you make about sharing what I guess people wouldn't maybe expect or understand about the journey because sometimes I think, especially, of course, in the world of social media, it's very easy to look at what someone is doing on social media and kind of think, you know, they're a lucky one or like they must've got a lucky break or like, I don't know, maybe they got like a leg up from somewhere. Right. And I think as you go on in your journey, you're kind of more focused on where you're going. And I know for me, I kind of stopped talking about my story so much because I kind of felt like, you know, like I don't want to replay that, even though that's part of, you know, my origin story, part of me was like, I don't want to keep replaying that but I think that it's a really vital piece of my I guess success if you will and I think it's an amazing place um, to start because I think it's important that people gain perspective on why kind of we do things and and why it's so important to us to have these really strong mission-driven companies and what we're really working towards because it's not just about you know, money or success or, you know, followers or social media, that's the bare minimum of what it is about. Um, It's really about making a difference and serving humanity and doing my part. And, you know, from my past experiences, which I'll dive into in a moment, it really woke me up to how much I actually have to offer this world. And that's not to be compared with anybody doing, you know, what some might perceive as more or less. I just am holding what I feel that I have the capacity to it, you know, every given moment. And yeah, I think that that's important to kind of preframe that because we all have something so important to offer. And I think, you know, like we spoke about just before this podcast, we all have a story, And we all have something amazing that we can take from it. And I know that my story, my story and of course yours as well and many others, but I feel inspired by my story and I feel like I'm such a stand for my own truth. And um, yeah, I guess having my daughter looping back around to that really was the catalyst for all of this change and growth and commitment to serve humanity so I love how
0: you said that because what you said about sharing your story and not wanting to share it so much I can completely relate to that Um, this part of my story becoming a mum at a young age is just something that I did and I never really thought about it as being I know that it's a pivotal moment and the reason I'm sharing this because you brought it up is for the listeners that are listening everyone's got a story and we can always think that Our story, we can kind of negate it and not think it, like we know it's pivotal, but when you can actually look at your own situation that you've been through and take those gifts and those lessons out of it, um, it's so important. And I love that you said that because, yeah, I'm hesitant, not necessarily to share it because of judgment or anything. It's just like, well, is anyone going to get any value from it? And the answer is absolutely yes. yes. Yes, yes.
1: Couldn't agree more. And and I agree. I know it took quite a while for me to share my story. Um, and for a lot of people, you know, like we live in a society also where people deem others um, attention seeking. And, you know, there's like sometimes this negative connotation attached to vulnerability. And for me, I really had to shift my perspective on vulnerability Um because a lot of us are conditioned that vulnerability is weak, vulnerability is attention seeking um and you know among other things and so i really had to shift that narrative in my head firstly to actually say like i feel actually empowered by this i'm not asking for anything in return i'm trying to give and i'm giving context to the content that i put out there so yeah that's that's a really important piece and i'm i'm glad that you definitely brought that up and addressed that so Basically, I, I know that you're a little bit younger than me, but I was I was 22 years old when I had my daughter. I felt I'm yeah. not younger than you. No, when you had your son. Oh, I thought he was yeah. going to say, how do you think I'm younger than you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just run with it, just run with it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I had my daughter at uh, 22. I felt pregnant at 21, and I had it just after I turned 22. Um, Unfortunately, that I shouldn't say unfortunately, actually, there I am catching myself already. I was fortunate actually to have the experience of a domestic violent relationship because I experienced extreme polarity in what I don't want. And now I feel so grateful that I get to experience all of what I do want. And, you know, with that comes a beautiful, loving relationship and, you know, my own new family, which is amazing. But at the time, yes, absolutely. It felt extremely. um. You know, disempowering and toxic, and among other <laughs> other things, you know, painful and scary at times. And um, to keep a, I guess, a more of a condensed version, uh, my partner and I at the time we were kind of like high school sweethearts. Had been in and out of each other's lives for for seven years, um, and ultimately ended up having a child together. Um, throughout that pregnancy that I had with uh, my daughter. I experienced prenatal depression. Um, Some of the midwives actually picked up in the prenatal classes that something wasn't right at home. Um, I think there were little things like, just from what I can recall, because I was quite confused how they would know, because they actually picked me out of the whole room and asked me to come and come to the hospital um, the following day. And um, maybe they uh, obviously trained in what, (laughs) what they're looking for, but I think, you know, just little things like having. partner try to speak on behalf of you and like say how you are and why you would be upset and things like that and maybe that raised some red flags for them so um they actually invited me to come up to the hospital and they were going to check the baby and just ask me to come by myself and just do like a well-being kind of check and um to be honest I wasn't fully aware of the situation that I was in at that time um it's I was quite kind of blindsided to it. I just didn't have that awareness. I didn't have the education around what, you know, a domestic violent relationship entails. And basically they diagnosed me with prenatal suppression um, and anxiety. And I was living 14 hours away from any family or friends at the time. So living in rural New South Wales. And yeah, it was, it was definitely a really, really hard time. And Throughout that pregnancy, I, I guess progressively got a little bit worse. Um, I definitely felt like having my daughter, well, I didn't know she was a daughter at the time. I didn't know what I was having, but I really like the thing that kept me going was looking forward to having this little human being come out of all of this. And that was just kind of my focus is like get to the end of this pregnancy. Like you're going to have that beautiful little baby. You're going to be really busy with that. And that'll kind of like take your mind off what's going on. Um didn't exactly go like that. I had my beautiful daughter and within like the first three weeks of her life, I really contemplated, what am I setting her up for? What standard, of a relationship and like, what am I tolerating that she's going to feel is okay to tolerate? And, you know, there was a lot of kind of partying even in the first three weeks of her life, um, where my partner at the time wasn't home or would come home, you know, drunk or on drugs and just a lot of ill kind of negative behavior. Um, and basically when she was, yeah, three to four weeks old, I just had a really pivotal moment of like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot be okay with my daughter ever being in this situation therefore I have to take ownership and make a change make a difference and I was in Queensland when I decided this at my parents house I flew home straight away I packed all my daughter's things and basically fit everything of hers that I could fit in the car (laughs) I packed my own clothes I just had one bag of my own clothes and um I had $2.80 in my account, no maternity leave. I was like $10,000 in debt. And I, yeah, was driving out the driveway and I I say that, you know, I wasn't very spiritual or like was not into personal development at the time. I think it was a really spiritual moment though for me where I was driving out of the driveway just really contemplating my life, thinking how am I 22 with, you know, a newborn baby in the back seat I have just like forfeited everything that I've ever owned and I've got no income. I'm in debt. Like this isn't, this isn't my life. This isn't this was not meant to be my life. This is not how it's meant to end. I never envisioned my life being like this, not even like that. Just it felt like the biggest nightmare. It was just really hard for me to comprehend how I got there. And then I don't know what came over me, but just something came over me like was very firm it was very decisive it was you know a line in the sand of like I will never allow myself to be in this situation again I will never and something can be clicked that day I drove back to Queensland and lived with my parents for a year in their spare bedroom, and I've got so much gratitude for them for allowing me the space to, you know, to hold me and to really just support me both financially, mentally, physically and with my daughter um, for the first year of her life. I, for about five months, just fell into a really dark place. I felt like I wasn't that connected with my daughter, um, not like I maybe had expected I just was so consumed in all of this chaos that was still playing out in this dynamic with my ex-partner, um, not to mention trying to process the depth of what had happened. I didn't realise I was in a domestic violent relationship until I got out of it and I started to look into different traits and behaviours. I was just trying to understand why. Like that was just my question. Like, why me? I don't understand. What did I do so wrong? Like, what how did I go so wrong? How could I not see this? And so I just started honestly looking into why people do what they do. And I was like, holy shit, I was in this relationship that literally like people can word by word script what like that person says and like predict their behavior in these textbooks and videos. And I was like, what? Like I didn't, I was so unaware and I felt so blindsided by that. And what I did, I think I was, it was about five months after she was born. And I woke up one morning and you kind of wake up and you, I mean, we've probably all had that time, you know, whether we've lost someone or we've lost a job or something, it just isn't going right. And you kind of wake up, you feel okay. And then reality kind of hits and you just get that pit in your stomach and you remember what you're going through. And it's just like, oh. And honestly, I just, I went to cry. I went to go and cry again in the morning. And basically, I honestly, in short, and this might sound as beautiful as some other people's epiphanies, but I got sick of my shit. I got sick of feeling so upset, so depressed, so anxious all of the time. And I went to cry and I was like, oh, enough of the pity party. Like, and I was like, Watching the world still go round, like everyone was just acting normal. And here I am thinking like I'm in so much, like both physical pain and emotional and spiritual pain. Like how isn't anyone paying attention to this? And I realized like the world is still going on and, you know, things are still happening, good and bad. And the world didn't stop because of my pain. And I guess I just had this moment of like I have to do something different because I'm so sick of feeling like this what the hell can I do? The first thing I did was watched The Secret. (laughs) If you know The Secret, you're going to know what I'm talking about. All around law of attraction. I had nothing. At that point, I managed to get on a government pension, which I'm really grateful for. And that was about $400 a week, maybe, I think. And um, I basically just started putting this law of attraction in, into practice. When you have nothing, you've only got something to gain. It's great. You really have nothing to lose. So your surrender and detachment is just absolute at its best. Um and so I started to, you know, manifest the coffees, like a free coffee, a friend of mine, a free coffee for me, the car park, all these little things. And then the more I kind of got into it, the more I realized, like people were talking about, you know, how negative emotions and holding resentment, you know, takes up your energetic space and that you're actually putting that out there and you're attracting that. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. There are so many different facets to this practice of law of attraction. and so. I found Catherine Keena, who is also known as Manifestation Babe. And honestly, I just feel like she was a really big saving grace at that time for me. Um, she wasn't kind of as big as she is now, because this was in 2018. Um, but she was she was getting there and she was talking so much about like healing the self and and growing and manifesting. And she, I don't even think that she was like, she was a six-figure business at that time. And so there was a really strong sense of um, relatability that I had with her in terms of what she had been through, nothing to do with, um, DV relationships, but just her hardships and how she managed to make all these changes and become like a self-made six figure earner. And to me, I was like, that is the goal. Like if I could just earn six figures once in my life, like that would be absolutely epic. And so, um, Again, wasn't as easy (laughs) as just being like, I'm just going to make a change. Um, There were so many other pieces, obviously, to it. And I began kind of working on myself and just putting these things into practice and slowly started to rebuild myself. And ultimately, that helped me rebuild a deeper connection with my daughter also, um, which has been obviously the biggest gift that I could ever take from that and that's why honestly I'm at a point now where there are no negative feelings there's no hatred there's no resentment there's no anger towards um him or anything related to that past I truly have nothing but ultimate love for it I can see it for what it is now I can see him as just you know like he's a just a, a boy inside just like I'm just a girl inside and we all carry trauma and pain in really different ways and um yeah, it, that's kind of like the condensed version of kind of how I got here, among other things. Um, but yeah, having having a child at such a young age is um, it's life changing, and I think that you're put in a position where it really feels like sink or swim. And I was, yeah, just really set out on not being a statistic of a young mom who. Um, just, you know, can never kind of get ahead or, you know, she's always relying on the government and things like that. And honestly, it felt like the biggest pipeline dream to ever run, you know, business, let alone the company that I have now. Um, But it's evolved and it's moved far beyond me. It, It did. It started with me just trying to heal myself and share that, and now I'm just super grateful to you know run a multiple six figure company that serves humanity at such a large scale through, you know programs, coaching, um, retreats, online courses, there's so many different avenues, podcasting, Instagram, all of it. Um, so it really has grown and evolved into something much bigger than I could have anticipated, Um, but in the most beautiful way possible. And I'm, yeah, just super grateful that I get to set that precedent for my daughter now. Um, You know, she's going to have her own hardships. I'm not here to inhibit her from experiencing life. I just want to yeah, show her what commitment and resilience looks like, even in kind of the the darkest of times
0: <laughs> well thank you so much for sharing that Luca um, I'm listening to that and there's so many similarities like my story is very very much on par with that even the drug use with the partner and yeah. and um, that but what I want to do because I can kind of I can relate to your story so much but for the people that haven't walked to this journey I just want to break it down a bit so when you're in the moment, because there's going to be people listening that are in a situation, maybe it's not as at the extreme end of what we've been through, but it's still a similar thing, right? In a position where maybe they're starting to realize things are happening for them in their life and they're, the light's starting to come on, but they're not quite sure, you know, what the next step is. So, when for you in that journey, did you start to go, oh, okay. Something's going on here that I didn't realize was going on. What was that point and what was your moves that you did? What did you actually do in those moments?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there were times I think, and as well, like, again, this might be relatable to not everyone, but some, but throughout my pregnancy, um, obviously I was, Starting to become conscious of this behavior because when you're not in it, which you know it's different. When I wasn't pregnant and we were going out together and partying and the drugs and stuff together, like you're in it, so you just don't you don't have that foresight as much. So when you spend nine months being sober and you're witnessing this behavior still playing out, but you're not going out. Obviously, you're staying at home, and so you're becoming a stronger witness to what's happening. Where you're picking them up from, God knows where. I started to witness this and I was like, wow, I feel disconnected. I feel lonely. I don't feel happy to any capacity. Um I just felt like I was living and just kind of existing a little bit. And I sat on that for, you know, quite a while. Um I remember when my daughter was maybe 2 weeks old, my sister came to visit me. She flew down to visit me and um There was an incident that happened and basically I just said to her, like, is this normal? Because sometimes we actually, like, depending on how you grew up, everyone's normal is completely just open to interpretation. Everyone has a completely different perception of the world and they just project that out there and think that everyone else is on par with it. I can tell anyone right now if you're questioning things like your normal is different to the next person that lives next to you or that's sitting next to you on the bus. Like everyone has a different perception of the world. And I said to my sister, is this normal? And obviously my family at the time was very aware of what was going on, but were very supportive in terms of they kind of gave up on trying to convince me to do anything else. And my sister just said, look, like, I don't think that this is normal. I'm not going to try to influence you because I think that you need to come to this decision on your own and I don't want to be, like, held responsible for trying to sway you. But, no, like, it doesn't have to be like this. And for me, I guess there was a lot of pondering and questioning of, like, well, if it's not like this, what's it like? And, you know, if we're referring to being a single mom, that's really scary. So choosing to opt for that was really scary. And especially when there's no financial security and, you know, the most dangerous time to leave a dating relationship is actually, or the most time, the most dangerous time in one is to actually leave one. So there's that kind of lingering in the back of your mind also. I, the commitment that I made didn't happen, I guess, over time. It really happened in a moment. And what I mean by that is that I feel that a lot of people are like, I, I, I'm changing or I want to change or I want to do something differently. And it doesn't have to be even in the context of, you know, a DV relationship, but just in anything. But it takes a moment to change because it takes a moment to make a decision. Because when you commit seriously to a decision, then everything after that follows through with that commitment. Everything before that is just thinking about it. And one thing that I've grown to know is that even not leaving, that was a choice. I chose to remain in that relationship for that amount of time. I have to take self-responsibility for that. Yes, there was, you know, manipulation and among other things in there. But ultimately, I'm responsible for me. So I had to really take ownership of that decision. And I say that not to discourage anyone, but to empower everyone that you are the decision maker of your life. You truly are. We all have free will. And yes, I understand that. Some people feel extremely validated in their circumstances and why they can't, can't change them. And so did I, and I'm only speaking from experience and only speaking with the utmost like deepest love and compassion that's in my heart, but it takes a moment to make change because it takes a moment to commit to the decision that things won't be like that anymore.
0: Wow. That's so, that's so powerful. And what I love that you said is that you guys had this lifestyle together and you felt connected yeah. in that. And when you disconnected from that lifestyle and those choices, you started to make different choices even then before you left. So yeah. that 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 was already happening. And that I think a lot of people can relate to this, especially in relationships, because you can you can be together and, and we choose, you know, different paths and and different things come into our life. But all of a sudden going i feel different why is that you chose you chose a different path you started making those decisions then and then getting to that point where you're like enough's enough and you made the decision it didn't matter that you had so little money in your account and all of those stories and all of the things that were actually really truly happening in your reality you made a decision And you're like, this is it. And you just, you went for it. And I can relate to that so much. So if anybody's listening to this Mm -hmm. and they're in that pre-decision phase and you're thinking about what's going on, you're already setting the course to make that decision to make the change, right?
1: Completely. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong time. You know, like I really had to detach from like, how has this been my life for seven years? Like, why couldn't I work it out sooner? Why did I have to wait till I had a child? All of that kind of came in at the beginning. And now I understand it's because I needed those lessons. I needed those learnings. Um, and, you know, I could look at it at a disempowering way and create really negative meaning and disempowering meanings. Or I could go, you know what? I'm 22. I get to make the change and live the rest of my life from the extreme other polarity of what i was experiencing um and in terms of what to do once that decision is made i really like there is so many free resources out there i was dead like stone cold broke and i still managed to change my life with nothing but free resources that like i cannot like attest (laughs) more to the, to the, like the fact that we have the internet now where there is so much free resources. I know that I provide like masterclasses, free programs, free courses, eBooks. I know that you do just to name a few, every person out there in, in business, in the online space will provide probably something of free value. And if you implement those things, you're going to see change. I literally say to everybody, I'm like, it's, not about the amount of information that you consume it's about the consistent implementation of it that makes for sustainable change and for a different experience of your life and absolutely everybody has the ability to change especially if you have the ability to listen to a podcast like this you have the ability to then listen to other podcasts in the area of your life that you want to change so I know that that can sound maybe a little bit cutthroat but I just feel like it's not
0: it yeah, so I, isn't when I had Wesley, there was no internet or if yeah. there was, I definitely didn't have it 23 years ago. Yeah. And I think what you're really talking about is support. Yes. Right. But yeah. when people aren't up for the support, why is that? It's because they're not supporting themselves internally. So there would have been a shift for you and your journey when you begun to support yourself. And then even though you had people around you, so blessed to have your family there, wanting to help you because not everybody does. But that doesn't so mean boring. that they can't, right? Because completely. how often do people have someone loving on them and they're completely blocking it because they're not wanting the support because they're not supporting themselves. So in order Absolutely. to take those resources around around you, you've got to be open to actually showing up for yourself first. And I think that was the part in your story or your journey where you were like, enough's enough. And that's when you began to support yourself and be open to the support that's out
1: there. Completely. And I know for a long time, like I've had to work on like sometimes like my, and most of us have to do this along our journey is like work on our stories with our parents. Um, and, you know, I felt really angry and resentful towards my parents because I'm like, oh, I was exposed to this. And like, it's kind of your fault. And i went into that kind of blame mentality because I just was too afraid and it was too hard to look at myself so I just outsourced the responsibility which is what most people love to do if it's not your parents fault it's the government's fault if it's not their fault it's someone in your family or it's religion or it's politics or whatever right it's so easy to outsource the blame I really have found the most empowering thing was to empower myself take full responsibility of myself and be a better decision maker and trust myself with that being said I can now reflect that my parents supported me in the best way that they knew how. So I think that sometimes remembering we all have a different interpretation of literally every word, but support for me meant that I was able to live at their home and they supported me with food and help with my baby. In terms of like mindset and growth and things like that, their version of support maybe doesn't match mine in that regard because they're not exposed to that information like I am. They don't value that to the degree that I I do, but that's okay. But for as long as I was looking at them not being supportive of me wanting to make the change and start this business and all the rest of it, because I think that that's a really relevant thing for all of us. It's like, they're not supporting me how I want. They're not doing this. or They're not giving me this. And, you know, it's our expectation of what we want from other people that makes us feel let down and disappointed. So for me, I just take radical ownership of myself and I've grown to really step into that. And I expect nothing from anyone unless there's, you know, a transaction at play or whatever it is. But even still, I make sure to communicate really effectively for what I need and ask, do you have the capacity to support me with this and respect if someone says no I don't know how yeah but they could also say okay can I share with you how or can I share with you what I need from you are you willing to hear that sure okay well when I talk to you about starting the business or leaving the relationship or talking about how you know tricky I'm finding motherhood or whatever it is could I ask that maybe you just listen? I don't need your, you know, input of how bad that person is or how that won't work or whatever it is. I just need you to listen and just hold space. So really learning how to communicate what we need. And I've had to communicate over and over again, even to my partner today. I'm like, this is what I need from you. Are you willing to try? Are you willing to meet me there? He's like, I'll try. I'm like, awesome. That's all I can ask for. So communicate effectively, but also not put the expectation on anybody else unless you've verbally agreed or there has been some kind of um commitment that that's how that person will support you because I feel like for a long time I wasted a lot of time thinking that my family didn't support me upon reflection I'm like they did in the way that they knew how yeah and
0: and likely the way that you needed
1: yes absolutely Tell
0: me something luca um when you're talking about expectations yeah and how you've moved through that how much expectation played into um how you were feeling before you had winter and after and Mm -hmm. being a mum how much of that expectation of what it was supposed to look like do you think influenced your experience
1: yeah it just was blown to smithereens (laughs) it just was not at all how I envisioned it and um I think from the outside looking in, I think what what happens when internally things are falling apart or internally you're not okay, we tend to do this thing where we strengthen our facade because for a lot of us we don't know how to actually, one, receive support like you said or, you know, we feel too afraid to be seen in all that we are because we feel like we're not going to be accepted. Um, You know, there's so many kind of intrinsic drivers that are, very internal that are, you know, really unconscious for most of us. So for for me, we had this beautiful brand new like Hamptons style house. We had the beautiful new furniture. I was doing social media influencing at the time. And from the outside looking in, we looked like, you know, a happy little new young family with a white picket fence. And I was so set on that being my facade because that's ultimately what I deep down desired But I was so committed to that desire and also, I think, conditioned to think that that's where love and happiness and acceptance resides. If I just had that, everything would be okay. And so that's why I feel that I became so tolerant of all this other behavior that was also playing out is because I just thought that once we have the baby or once we are pregnant or once we get into the house or all of these things, it's always in the future. And then I realized I've been doing that for seven years. So, yes, having my daughter and then once I had her realising that nothing changed was really shocking for me because I was really set on that being the thing, right? And I know that it comes in waves. Like when we go through, I guess, trauma trauma to any capacity and trauma is just anything that happened too fast, too soon or there was too much, you know, for the body. I went into a complete state of denial and all I wanted, I was like this, like, I just no, this can't be. So probably a little bit of shock also and then denial and then wanting to hold that facade even stronger. And so I've witnessed many women do this where it's like it's really falling and there's this point of like I can't let it fall, I can't let it fall, I can't have a broken family And then, yeah, it's just this resistance and you feel it because you feel like you're doing everything, you're compromising on every value model that you ever had just to maintain this. And that's also referred to as codependency in a relationship. And I just had this moment of gripping and then when you know the unfolding of things kind of came out it just was a complete release and once I made I just knew there was something that I just knew I was like there's no coming back from this this is it and that letting go and detachment let my entire everything that I knew just crumbled the partner the home I had a home business that I was just starting in beauty like the furniture that all of it just crumbled and that's really tricky to 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 navigate and to deal with at 22 and um yeah like even like now like I mean I don't tell my story that often in this depth but even sharing it now I just in hindsight like that's so much to go through at that age um and trying to raise a baby that you have no idea how to also (laughs) um
0: can I ask you a question yeah this is a honest question if you didn't go through it back then. And you went through it now at your age. You're still young. Yeah. You're still young. Yes. <laughs> Do you think it would be any easier
1: being older? No. I like, agree. no, I don't. I think if anything, if I still had that, that level of awareness, because that experience gave me this depth of awareness if it hadn't have happened, I still would have been hugely conditioned with the thoughts, the facade, how I think life is, what I think the world is. I would have just spent another few years being completely blindsided to my ultimate truth. And so although it was, you know, traumatic at that age, I wouldn't change it for the world. I couldn't because like i said it was a catalyst of sort like to 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 who i am today which is i'm so proud of who i am i'm so proud of what i've created i'm so proud not of even the materialistic stuff or the figures in the business i'm i'm proud of who i am and my personal boundaries i'm proud of the depth of relationships the people that i you know get the opportunity to connect with like yourself i'm proud of who my daughter gets to look up to at 22 I wasn't proud of that. I wasn't proud of the connections I had, of the values, you know, my morals. That was the catalyst for all of that change that led me to just be the most empowered version of myself. And life has a really funny way of, excuse my language, but flipping shit on its head sometimes when you don't wake up. And, you know, I know that our coach Krista says that she's like, it's the feather, you know, you'll you get like the gentle feather. It's like, pay attention. You're like, nah no, 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 it's okay. And then you might get the bus, right? And the bus flies past and you're like, holy shit. But like, that's still not enough to change. And then you get a freaking freight train through your house that absolutely blows shit up until you pay attention. And I've had that on multiple occasions where I'm like, there was a really near bus miss here. But the freight train through my house was the unfolding of everything that happened. And I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't living I was existing. I was going through life, doing what I thought I should be doing, what everyone wanted me to do. Um, I still kind of had it in me to go against the grain. I feel like I've had that in me from a really young age. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can't even, like, referring back to your question, I don't think it would have been any easier.
0: But I love that because people can look to to mums that become a mum at such a young age and think it's so hard for them. Mm-hmm. and I know we had this conversation for me it was actually easier to be a mum when I was younger because I didn't know as much as what I know now speaking of which I can see your little one oh she's gorgeous.
1: <laughs> yes I do I'm, I'm at home in lockdown at the moment so yes. <laughs> she's doing well
0: <laughs> but um yeah people can think because we become mums young it must have been so hard And your answer to that question really actually got me thinking about it too as I asked it was if we had these experiences being older, for me, if I had that same level of awareness, like you said, I think I would find it harder because that facade is going to be so much stronger to break through. And so for anyone that's listening that isn't 15 or 22 having a baby, but they're maybe around our age. And wondering why it's so hard to break through is you've got all of this previous conditioning to actually bust through. And that's when the universe comes along and gives you these opportunities. Um, so I love that that we've brought that to attention because it's not necessarily harder because you're younger. Um, and what I'd love for you to share, if you have something, because you've touched on expectations and, um, you know, changing the change in the relationship and the lifestyle and your choices and the decision making um and your level of awareness now and support if you could sum up the one gift that you received through that journey what would it be or even a couple of gifts if it's too hard to do that
1: yeah yeah um the first thing that comes to mind straight away was that um I had mentors, all of my mentors, uh, Jess Shembury was my first mentor, Luke Hawkins was my second mentor, and Krista Teer being my third. And they were, you know, life and business mentors for me. They all really met me where I was at. They could see how dedicated I was to changing my life and making an impact, healing myself, growing, evolving, serving humanity. And I think there must have been something in my dedication and level of commitment. They all really met me where I was at in terms of what they had to offer me because from, you know, if we just talk about strictly from a financial standpoint, I did, could not afford their services, but they all, when I went to them, I was like, I will do anything. I just want to make this happen. And they were all at different stages. And I think the most important thing that I took from that is like, ask for what you want. You have to ask for what you want. I had to ask to go, I think I was on like a $50 a week payment plan for coaching, which is like literally unheard of. And, you know, I think the pre-frame from all of them was, I don't do this with everyone just so you know. And I was like, I know, but I promise you, I'm going to do everything that you tell me to do. I'm going to implement. I'm going to make sure it happen. Like, just like I, I you can, you can trust me. And, um, I did. And and then that would lead into like the next thing is that you are not responsible for whatever you experienced that shaped your blueprint or your version of reality. Whatever happened to you as a child, whatever you witnessed, I have the utmost empathy and compassion because I know that we are not responsible for anybody else's actions. But as adults, we do hold the responsibility to change the narrative, to alter the beliefs that don't serve us, to do something about it. And with that comes level of resourcefulness and for me I don't know where it comes from you know one of my parents both of them if not but my level of resourcefulness to make things happen was a really clear um, embodiment of my dedication and commitment to making my life different and what I mean by resourcefulness is that I used to wake up at 4 a.m to go and clean toilets, to go and clean lifts and go and clean this hotel for three or four hours every single morning for seven days a week, some weeks on a Sunday morning, which meant that my daughter had to stay with my parents every morning so I didn't wake up to her cute little face. I didn't wake up to that first feed because she was bottle fed at that time. And I basically saved up enough money so that I could fly to Sydney to get my certification to become a coach when I became a coach. And I sold even all of my nice clothes just so I had enough money to pay for food for the week beforehand. I ate spaghetti for a week while I was studying my ass off. And I am having like the biggest skin breakout of my skin, just having like tomato, mints and carbs. My skin just didn't agree with it. And so that's what I mean by like your level of resourcefulness will be a really clear indication of your level of commitment. And I think that Um, you know, I had every excuse under the sun. I had every valid reason as to why I couldn't make change financially, didn't have the time, didn't da da -da -da, but I always made a way. And that level of resourcefulness is what got me to where I am today. You know, I had to leave my daughter, who was one one year old, I had to leave her for 11 days at one point to go and fast track my study which means I have to do all the study at home in my own time I go to Sydney for 10 days straight and for 12 hours in a room every single day you're fast tracking all your studies so not everyone is willing to do that and that is okay and that's perfect but I just think that it's our level of resourcefulness that really makes the change so one ask for what you want. If there's someone that you want to work with, if you want to be met with where you're at, like anyone who is in any kind of self-help, healing, nurture, self-development space, they're in it for most of them, (laughs) the right intention to serve humanity. Guarantee if you went to them and asked for what you want, they would meet you where you're at but you have to move out of your own way, move beyond your own ego of what someone would think of you because you can't afford it at that time. For me, I literally have had so many ego deaths. It's beyond a joke. Like I really couldn't give a shit what anyone thinks of me now, not from a place of I do what I want, but from a place of like, I know my intention in every moment and I'm clear on that. And it's okay if I slip It's okay if I make a mistake because I have compassion for myself. And with viewing myself like that, that allows me to view other people like that. I don't judge anyone for any behaviour that they do. I also am fully aware that we have every single trait and behaviour within us. Different things prompt it, right? So asking for what you want, like become resourceful. If you're committed to making change, don't say it. Be committed. Find a way. There is always a way. And the third thing, I know you asked for one, but the third thing that's just come to mind is, oh, it just left, but it was really good. Must be only those two. (laughs) Mm. There's more that I could really go into, but yeah, I mean, the third thing that I can think of right at this second would just be start somewhere, do something.
0: I love that because the next thing I was going to ask you was, what if people don't know what they want? And you just said, start with something.
1: I challenge that because most people are so focused on what they don't want and the most basic law of quantum physics states that like attracts like. So if you are so clear on what you don't want and you keep experiencing that, it's because you are energetically and vibrationally a match to that. And that's not some woo-woo esoteric concept. That's science. So... If you don't know, if you feel that you don't know what you do want, make a list of everything you don't want. And what's the opposite to that? Start thinking about the pathway to that. Start thinking about the feelings that would come from experiencing that. Start embodying what that person would do. The best thing I ever did was embody my highest self. And okay, I'm going to break that down because sometimes that can go over people's head. I began to act in accordance with who I wanted to be. I, that That's what it came down to. I began to act in accordance with who I said I wanted to be. Did I fail? Fuck yes. Did I fall on my face? Probably more times than I had wins. Do I still fall on my face? Every single day. I just have learnt to dust myself off a little bit quicker and, you know, you move on. You grow from it. I don't. I'm still learning, I'm still growing, I'm still evolving. But for as long as we've got ourselves at the center of every kind of equation and everything that's happening, it's going to be a really emotional roller coaster. For the time that we can move beyond our kind of egoic mind, if everything is about us, I really believe that we can become more objective, we can be more resourceful because we're not in a heightened state of fight or flight we can become more resourceful in terms of like, okay, well, I can see beyond this current paradigm I can see beyond this current obstacle that my bank account represents. I've got $200 in it and this program is X or this certification is, you know, maybe $2,000. But for as long as you're a victim to your circumstances, you're never going to be able to see the resources that are available to you, never mind even trying to look for them.
0: Yeah. I 100% agree with everything you've just said um, and that is a beautiful way to end this interview because yeah. you've just, you've nailed everything along the way and I think people that are listening to this, whether they're a young mum, whether they're a single mum, whether they're a mum or not, they've got, there's so many gold nuggets in this because it is about expectations, choices, decisions and looking for a way instead of looking at the no way,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Luca, the most,
1: yeah, like the most simple thing that I can think is like, write a list of what you don't want. What is the opposite to that? Boom. If you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's, even it's, if folks writing a list is a start, right? Yeah.
0: And like you said, find a way to start, like find something to do to shift that focus in the direction that you want to go because when you do that
1: that's where you're gonna go absolutely podcasts are everywhere and they're completely free if you can listen to this podcast you can listen to any (laughs) (laughs)
0: absolutely so thank you so much like i really am so grateful um that we got to share this time together and where can people find you they're
1: not already following you Yes. The best place to find me is over on Instagram. So Luca underscore Rose, Luca with a K. Um, the best place to find me is over there. It's got my link to my website, my link for anything else that's upcoming. Um, I do have a Facebook page, not as active on that. Just safer so far on Instagram. It's got all the links for everything in there. If you have any questions or you got any value or feedback from this, um, I of course always love to hear it. And please tag us if you yeah share this or you found value and yeah just share it with somebody who you feel that would you know resonate with this it's always amazing to get the message out even further
0: thank you so much for tuning into this week's podcast please write a review and share with people that you love and my wish for you this week is just to be kind to yourself and to everybody that you love the most catch you next time